Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know in 2021. We made it! A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a royal rating of five stars. Pretty please. Send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Roberta, how was your holiday? It was so nice. I consumed all the content. I watched so much. I actually watched the first season of Broadchurch. Have you ever seen No, I've never seen Broadchurch. What is it about? Olivia Coleman oh, is in it. Oh, that's... Which is why I wanted to watch yeah. It's a Murder Mystery, and it's so good, and I highly recommend okay. it. It's on Netflix. I actually need a new show, so I'm going to add that to my list, my, my queue. I was deep in Bridgerton. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. I've DM'd you about it like so many times already. You're like, I can't are you wait to start. But I'm so glad you gave me the heads up not to watch it with my parents. Yeah, because. it's very, very <laughs> sexy is the best I can say. Uh, but oh my gosh, I actually started watching. I watched a couple episodes slowly. And then I hit like on once I hit like episode four, I was like, I got to finish this tonight. So I was up until like 2 a.m. just finishing it. I was like, I it's too good. wait. Everyone's talking about it. It looks yeah, so, it's so good. good. How was your holiday? The holiday was good. It was just like, I think it was just so nice to kind of have a moment, especially the fact that our company closes and we have the break. Actually, we have a full week off at our company. Uh, it just made it really nice to kind of marinate and catch up on all the sleep a little bit. Yeah, that we've lost this year. <laughs> and I actually achieved my 2020 resolution, which was read 12 books. I really, <laughs> I was a dark horse for finishing it because I was three books short by four days out until the new year. And I finished three books in four days. What was your, what did you read? What were the three? So one was a young adult novel. I think it was called In an Absent Dream. That one wasn't as good, but I've, I read Margaret Atwood's The Testaments, which oh. is the follow-up to The Handmaid's Tale. That one was so good. Oh. I highly encourage everyone to oh read it. Oh, my gosh. I reading is my it. big, like, goal. I've been actually, since the New Year hit, I've been reading before bed. I'm reading Cobble Hill, which is a testament to my neighborhood in Brooklyn. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh. So that's my, my on my nightstand right now. But And anyways. it makes you miss it. It makes oh. me miss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what a, what a nice break. I hope everyone had a nice, uh, restful moment for themselves, at least. Yes. But uh, so much to talk about on this week's episode of the podcast. I feel like Harry and Meghan were really in overdrive while we were like in between. And we, I was kind of like, wait, guys, all of this in the last week of the year. But we have a royal recap of what happened over the holidays, plus Archibald's official launch. Uh, on a sadder note, I feel like we're all following the news this week about the UK going into another very strict lockdown uh, and cases are rapidly rising there. So we're thinking of all of our listeners and hoping that everyone is staying safe and following precautions and all that stuff. But a lot of Head. Yeah, I feel like it's also here too. It's it's um, you know cases rising in. I feel like the news is just getting harder and harder to read. So yeah. I feel like it's always darkest before the dawn. And hopefully soon, you know, we'll get those vaccines. I know my parents are waiting to get the vaccine. Um, they're both over sixty five. So wow. here in Florida, I think they're able to get it now and they've signed up but wow. there's like so much chaos with yeah. appointments and my, stuff my so. two aunts just got it uh in the last two weeks so they're they're on the That's road good. yeah it's it's yeah. rolling out very slowly but hopeful as we head into the new year 
I know. Same. Trying to stay hopeful. Well, I am sipping today. We have our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. And mine is LaCroix. <laughs> so I stuck with you on this. I'm doing a, a cranberry sparkler from Ocean Spray. <laughs> Non-alcoholic, Non-alcoholic, mind you. I needed yeah. a break from I all know, the I know, but it still felt a little festive because it had some bubbles. So mm-hmm. anyways. Cranberry too. Very festive. All right. Well, we have a lovely reader email from Sonia in Minnesota. She wrote us. She said, so much to say. I tend to get wordy, so I'll try to keep this under control. I'm so glad I found your podcast. I love how you present the royal news without being judgy and choosing sides. I often finish listening to an episode, then go back and listen to it again. That's like the nicest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) So nice. Such a compliment. She said, though I don't have Netflix and don't watch The Crown, it boggles me how so many people have never heard of Charles and Camilla's affair while Charles was still married to Diana. The way they carried on the relationship and how their friends would host parties for them and loan them the use of their country homes was deplorable. While the show is a dramatization, it does include facts. It took them years to repair their image, and now they will have to ride this out. I guess since I'm the same age as Diana, I could sympathize with her as each week there was a new article in People magazine about the shenanigans going on. Best, Sonia in Minnesota. I feel the same way about The Crown in a way because I do think like we knew all of this going into it. And maybe it's, you know, I think the uproar about this season is just that some people really didn't understand the extent of the affair and the timelines. Yeah. Um, I think there, you know, obviously there was a lot of assumptions made on Peter Morgan's behalf about when all of that took place and what they kind of said behind closed doors. And I think that's what people Mm -hmm. take issue with. But such a good point, Sonia. I feel like we all knew about it. It's really true. And I think your point about w- being the same age as Diana and watching it play out in People magazine simultaneously, like for different generations too, it's like we didn't – I think watching it in real time is what's, what is so gutting, you know, to really so see the extent of it, fictionalized or not, you know, and be reminded of it. So, And I think Emma Corrin, I always say this, but they do just do such a good job. Such and a good job. Josh O'Connor of, of, you know, making you get emotional and making you really feel the emotion come alive on screen. And I think that's what it really, you know, kind of touches you as the viewer. I know. I actually have to say that I was watching the Twas the Night Before Christmas moment that Charles aired on Christmas Eve. And I, it's hard for me to watch Charles now without getting flashes of Josh O'Connor. Like they just, he, Josh O'Connor really got it right. So. He did a good character yeah. study. Also, I have to say that Sonia had a PS that she loves the photos of Finn that Aww. you post on Instagram, which was really sweet. That's so kind. Well, thank and she you. said we didn't have to read this letter on air, but we did. So thank you so much. Thank you much, for writing Sonia, in. Our Christmas in. wishes came true. Yes. <laughs> well, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. We're kicking off the year with Kate Middleton's 39th birthday. Happy Happy birthday. birthday. Uh, My card is in the mail, FYI. I did mail that uh, mid-December. You're so good. You are so good at (laughs) I have their birthdays in my calendar like I have my son's. (laughs) So messed up. <laughs> oh, I am I I should not be surprised. <laughs> I mean, I just I always actually really enjoy writing them like a lengthy note too. I don't just write like I have said That's this before, really I don't just nice. write happy birthday. So because they're, really, they're really quite nice. inspiring individuals. It's for like me. a form of therapy. It almost, is like cathartic to like get your yeah, get your thoughts on it paper is. and send so, it away. Well, That's and I think awesome. I've you know, I've read in the past occasionally and we saw on the crown whether it was true. I mean, it is true that Diana occasionally would write back to letters that she felt yeah. you know, compelled her to to so I always 
always keep that in mind. Like, what if Kate was like, this letter is so good. I'm going to write Rachel back today. <laughs> I bet their team pulls out certain ones and reads and has them read them, actually. So I'm sure that they've come across it's those letters the effort, that is all you I'm put. Saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think that that totally could happen. I hope she reads it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Pipe dreams. Uh, so the Duchess of Cambridge, though, as we were saying, turns the big three nine on January 9th. Catherine Elizabeth Middleton was born in Reading, Berkshire, a town in Southeast England. We are very familiar that she's the oldest of three kids. Pippa was the second born. And then James, Roberta's love of her life. <laughs> Uh, she and Kate, as Truly. we know, is also a commoner, and her parents met while working as flight attendants at British Airways, which I always think is such a fun detail. And they founded Party Pieces when Kate was five. Kate met Prince William in 2001, and the rest is history. We also have to mention the fact that they're celebrating 10 years of marriage this year, which is I 10 mean, years that went it's, by in a blink. <laughs> it really did. It really did. They have, I feel like, so, so much to show for it. Also, though, so last year's birthday we have to bring up because – Well, that's it was all the, I can think about, right? It was the day after Prince Harry and Meghan announced that they were stepping down from their senior roles. Yeah, and I was wild. looking back at sort of the coverage of her birthday from a year ago where it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's Kate's birthday. But that like mic drop of Harry and Meghan's news was like, you know, we had all this like sort of royal – like social media rollouts to wish Kate happy birthday, but it was really overshadowed. Totally so. overshadowed. I know. it's It was – not the best birthday present, I yeah. think, to have that timing. But it is crazy that that also is one year ago on Friday that they announced I that. Know. So major bombshell announcement. Yeah. But they did wish her a happy birthday in they a did. comment they did. on social media. Yeah. So, but yeah, they're still family. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I guess Kate, supposedly from everything I've been reading, is that she's pretty low-key about birthdays. I think in the past she used to kind of go out and party, as we all did when we were youthful <laughs> had more energy but now she's much more like doing kind of something low-key with the kids which actually fits in with a lockdown you know she doesn't probably m- potentially didn't have big plans but hopefully William got her a wonderful gift as she so yeah. deserves and that sounds kind of lovely like I don't know about you but for New Year's Eve like kind of just keeping a low profile and drinking champagne on the couch is actually like so refreshingly nice to just relax. Totally. Hopefully she has, you know, a family-filled birthday. Absolutely. All right. Well, this week's news up first, we have so much Archwell news. So (laughs) So we had the holiday special of the Archwell Audio podcast launch. We also had the Archwell website rollout and the announcement of a big partnership. So we have to catch up on all of this um, over the holidays. The holiday special podcast. So good. Let's roll the clip. What a delight to continue to have them in our ears. But let's, let's roll the clip. You can speak in turn. Archie, is it fun? Fine. Fun. <laughs> After me. Ready? Happy? What? Happy. New? New? New. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh. Oh, that. Both Harry and Archie's laugh. It's so good. It's so good. I feel like they had to like after the David Attenborough thing with the Cambridge kids and hearing their voices, they had to kind of, you know, up the ante a bit and yeah. have Archie on the podcast. So I love Kids' that. voices. The Royals' kids' voices. More of that in 2021, please. Because yes. that is incredible. Like, it's just this dopamine rush for all of us. <laughs> totally. Little baby Archie. Yeah. So cute. I do think that moment, though, got the most press coverage. Obviously, everyone was freaking out about hearing Archie's voice since we really haven't seen him in so long. Um, besides, you know, the illustration on the Christmas card, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but 
What was your favorite part besides that, Rachel? So I actually really liked the actual content of the podcast. I feel like it opening, I was, I was like the day after New Year's and I was like, I guess New Year's Day. <laughs> and I was uh, I was just cleaning and I threw it on to listen to the full thing when I finally had a moment to. And I liked mm-hmm. the opening where it was like 2020, the year that dot, 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 and all Fill the guests the filled in the yeah. blank. Because I think everyone's answer was optimistic and kind of mm-hmm. more hopeful and looked at it, you know, glass half full. Like people said, we stopped taking our existence for granted, that empathy showed up on every corner of the planet. And for me, I think because I'm just like, ugh, 2020 so often, it kind of was a good reminder to try to see those moments. And I, I liked yeah. that they kicked it off that way. That felt some, somewhat surprising. But I also just mm-hmm. like the stories. I mean, I think hearing Rachel Cargill talk about what she went through and how her mom got that terminal cancer diagnosis and what that meant in, a, in during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just Jose Andres talking about his restaurant closings and having to inform his staff. Like, it just – I really liked the actual content of the podcast. But what about I you? Besides too. Archie, what stood out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think – um, I loved that they played the Kingdom Choir's Little Light of Mine mm. at the end and said, you know, how much this meant to them. And they played it at their wedding as they walked out and and how special that was. And and you could really feel the kind of passion they have for um, for that song and the message that it shares. And Megan even quoted Martin Luther King Jr. when she talked about that. She said, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can. So I thought that was really powerful. Um, and also, so I have two favorites. Also, the Hussein Man noir poem yes it was so good it was like artistic and wonderful and and you know megan said we have to play this in full we can't you know cut it or splice it or anything like that it was that good and i totally agree i totally agree i felt like it gave me chills i completely agree it was beautiful and then we also had archwell.com i was just gonna say one other thing sorry real quick about the archwell audio special because i was reading you know a lot of publications in the uk actually reviewed the the podcast special, which of course they did, right? <laughs> it's like right. they gave it stars. Like that seemed aggressive and negative oh, and stuff. Wow. <laughs> but one thing that I did feel, and part of why I think the Archie moment was so particularly joyous for me, was that it was very it felt very unscripted. And I think that this first episode felt very scripted and everyone kind of recorded audio diaries versus being separately, yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't there wasn't a lot of candid conversation. And like, I mean, you and I know firsthand that it's really incredibly hard to do a podcast. Like we definitely spend a lot of time preparing for it. And and I just, I'm, I hope that in future episodes, we do get more of those Archie moments or more of those candid, just like more flubs, more tangents, all that stuff from them. Because I, right. I love hearing those little, like even their teaser for the podcast was felt full of that. So. Or their interjections too. Like, I think we talked about this, but how, at one point, Megan says, like, oh, he's being so modest. He says he's a writer, but really he's the author and bestseller and publisher of all these books. And I feel like that – even just those snippets into their character and how, you know, their conversation between each other is yeah. so good. And I think you and I talked about how we, when we talked about the podcast at first, we said we really wanted to see more insight into their lives. And I think that's the only way we'll really get it is in these little snippets, yeah. which I'm happy about because I do think hearing from other voices that they want to spotlight and – uh, hearing from all these guests, there was Brene Brown, Rachel Cargill, Deepak Chopra, James Corden, Elton John. Like it was, it was so incredible to hear them all together. I think that no one 
like the Sussexes can bring those people together in such a way. Like, like I almost so. wish that they had also answered the questions too that they posed to everyone else. Yeah, you know, like that's something true. like that. But but overall, I I this is was, not yeah. a criticism. It's just more like I'm hopeful that we will get so much more of them because I love having their voices in my ear. No, but I think that's good feedback. Maybe they can start to do that in future episodes. <laughs> like, how would they respond to that prompt? Because it seems like they sent out a prompt to everyone. Everyone recorded on their own, sent it back. Mm-hmm. They put it all together, and it was it turned out really wonderful. Yeah. All right. Can we? Should yes, we move on? Move on. Our move <laughs> Arjoel.com, now live. It launched December 31st. Yeah, they were very busy at the end of the year. So first impressions, Rachel. I mean, it's very sleek, very sophisticated. I, I feels very influencer. Yeah, I think one of my, you know, the big things that I noticed was just there's no follow us on social media. That's mm. and that's something that you know in the in Megan's conversations, I think it was with Fortune, right, that she said that it's you know for self preservation, yeah. she's staying away. She quit social media. So that being absent, there isn't a way to follow them in that way. You have to send yeah, their emails. Yeah, there's the um, so the site encourages involvement only through a submission form. So mm-hmm. the submission form says, "How do you activate compassion in the world? We want to hear from you. Tell us about how you or somebody you know acted with compassion in the last year, or describe when you felt connected with your friends, family, or community despite the distance." And it's not clear how they would use these stories and how you know if they gather them, will they then reach out to certain people and who they really. I, I think that could be a possibility for our so too. Audio, I mean, I really you know? think that that part was also really cool because it's like if they – the thought that your good deed could be, you know, Harry and Meghan could call you. Yeah, like in yeah. that, what, a, what an incentive to continue doing good work. Exactly. And the podcast is going to do exactly that. So why not crowdsource those stories? It's mm-hmm. really incredible. It seems like their slogan is definitely compassion in action. That's repeated a couple times. They say, at Archwell, we unleash the power of compassion to drive systemic cultural change. So that's kind of their mission statement. And there's three sections that launch with the website. So there's the Archwell Foundation, which is a 501c3. There's two creative arms of their Archwell website there's the productions archwell productions and archwell audio which we're already kind of both familiar with the productions is obviously the netflix project that they announced in september um and then so back to the foundation so there's all these partnerships that they unveiled within that so there's tristan harris's center for humane technology rachel cargill's the loveland foundation and a partnership with world central kitchen with jose andres who was on the podcast as we mentioned so the world central kitchen is what I feel like was the biggest piece of news because they're really directly partnering. The other ones, it's unclear how Archwell will kind of work with mm-hmm. those two, you know. TBD um, maybe, yeah. Yeah, well, or, or a few. There's a few. There's more than two other partnerships. But World Central Kitchen, Archwell Foundation will be providing the financial commitment to build four community relief centers in regions disproportionately impacted by hunger. So the first one is the Commonwealth country of Dominica, and the other one is Puerto Rico. And these centers are going to be permanent. They're going to be emergency service kitchens during times of high need or disaster. They'll also be food distribution hubs, schools, clinics, or safe community gathering zones during non-disaster times. And this is just the start, which I think is incredible. So Bloomberg also confirmed that they're bringing in even more partners to build these relief centers around the world. Um, And as we mentioned, Jose Andres was on the podcast. He talked about the big pivot that his, you know, foundation or World Central Kitchen has done, Chefs for America, Restaurants for the People. They've, you know, been able to kind of hire workers that aren't able to, either the restaurant's struggling because of COVID and provide 
meals to people who need it most. So I thought that was really incredible. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away by all of these kind of announcements in the past week. They really are doing such good things. And that's really inspiring. There's so much, too. I feel like we just like scratched the surface of how many partnerships and things are going to accomplish in 2021. Like, it's really exciting to know that they're going to work with the Loveland Foundation with Rachel Cargill and and all these different people. So I'm really excited. But I think I was just gonna say they really had 2020 to build up like that's what's kind of been cool like it's like while all of us have been at home they also have and they've had this sort of hibernation period to really spend the time to thoughtfully do like you know launch everything so yeah yeah so ending the year with a bang (laughs) right because COVID I think they did kind of retreat a little bit Mm -hmm. and work on this and now that they can unveil it's probably like well they could be a lot more thoughtful potentially Mm -hmm. than rushing it so exactly yeah i do think though i have to say a dream collaboration would be a megan markle jose andres cookbook i mean i i support that i would obviously pre-order that (laughs) it has to happen it has to happen we do have to talk about because this got a lot of coverage that there's no mention of Prince Charles on the site. So they have a poem that says, A Letter for 2021. And it says, I am my mother's son, and I am our son's mother. Together we bring you Archwell. So a mention of Diana. There's also a photo of Diana and Harry and a photo of Doria and Megan. But what do you think about the absence of the royal family? I mean, I definitely thought about it. I think that from a branding perspective, I mean, Diana is the worldwide people's princess humanitarian, and that's likely who Harry wants to align with. I mean, Charles is definitely philanthropic, but I feel like Diana. When I first heard this, I was like, I don't even think they have to justify that. Yeah, I don't think so either. I I don't think so either. And I feel like – but I do feel like Diana's legacy of humanitarian work – was cut short. And so I like sort of the tie in that he's like continuing that. But I agree. I don't think this is something that needs explaining because then you could be like, well, why didn't he mention this person? And why didn't he, you know, like, you're always leaving someone out, you know? And I think the the chasm between Megan and her father is so huge. And to even bring up Harry's father, like in a way, it just, but it's like exactly as you said, like there's just not any reason to... Um, to even there was, dive of into course, that. I mean, gosh, the tabloid stories this week in general, I was just like floored by. I know. I didn't things. even think twice. Though. I was like, oh, that's really sweet. What I a did sweet too. Sentiment, I love you know? the photos too. Yeah. I, wa- I think uh, someone said, maybe it was Elizabeth Holmes, that it's like, I just wish that they were a little like you could see them more. Like it's so, they're so faded in the background. I'm like, I want to zoom in on all the little details. Some sleuths on the internet though found them and posted the actual photos. Oh, really? So that was really <laughs> enjoyable to actually see them. I need to I'll look that up. Them okay, you. please do. I'll send them to you. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that. Um, I want to just mention one last thing is that their one-year review is coming up. It's yeah. In, it's supposedly in March with the Queen. And, you know, like we said, we don't think there's any chance they even want to be senior working members of the royal family. But it is interesting that they have, in a way, distanced themselves from that metaphorically yeah. in this, in this I mean, I actually was doing a lot of thinking about this aspect of it because it is coming up. It's like in March, I think, which is the end of the Royals fiscal year I was reading. But I feel like this, I still think what we said before, it's like when they exited last January, it was such a rush announcement. Like they really, you know, pulled the rug out from everyone. Even their yeah. website launch, like nobody was aware of that. So I think right. that this one year review is more of an a chance to kind of update and tweak things, not like you guys need to come crawling back, which I think people kind of are, of course, the internet is saying like mean things about that. I think it's just much more of a chance to be like, well, maybe we should review 
the thoughts around mili- you know Harry's military titles or mm-hmm. their patronages or, or their involvement like that. in ceremonies like that. Yeah. I think that was a big thing this year was them not being allowed to be involved in Remembrance Day things. Yeah, and, and I think that that will yeah, like you said, need some tweaking or or they'll be able to hash out some sort of you know middle ground that they both are happy about so. exactly one thing one last thing i uncovered though in my research about this do you know their website the sussex is still live no isn't that weird wait really should i go to it right now? yeah i just i was really surprised i was only looking it up because that's where that, that they didn't like, take sort it down of opus that they wrote and they mentioned oh, the one-year yeah. review kind of a little bit like as an annoyance because other royals haven't had to be like they're subjected to something like that when they didn't right. maintain their titles right i don't know i just think it's funny that it yeah. didn't like go offline when archwell.com went live or something. I'm, I'm really surprised that it's not taken down. That is interesting. Yeah. It's we'll a beautiful have to website. See. Yeah, it <laughs> really over is. It, guys. Nice. it just feels it feels like an like an archive though. It feels like we're yeah. looking back in history. So it's that's weird. Really interesting. It's very weird. Anyways, so much Sussex news. But also happened during the week the annual Queen's Christmas message, which was apparently you could listen to it on Alexa. I didn't try it. Did you, Roberta? Did you do it? I didn't try to listen to it, but I, I saw to. that and everyone was like, oh my God. I mean, that's <laughs> awesome because sometimes it's hard it to find really cool. when you're in the US. So all even for anywhere in the world, you can say, Alexa, play the Queen's Christmas Day message. Now my Alexa is going to start typing in right now, but it's pretty cool. Everyone's Alexa if they listen to it out loud. Yeah. That's so funny. her speech was filmed in the green room at Windsor Castle where the where the queen, as we know, spent Christmas alone with Prince Philip. And that was underscored by there was just a single shot in the frame on in, in the camera sh- view of Prince Philip in the in a photo. I um, actually really liked that. I think, you know, last year caused a lot of controversy with Harry and Meghan being left out of those frames. And I do think that that was kind of nice to yeah. just highlight Prince Philip. Totally. Since they have been through so much this year together by each other's side. I thought yeah. that was sweet. I totally, yeah, I think it was very, uh, yeah, slimmed down and, and appropriate. So we're going to play a quick clip from the speech. Of course, for many, this time of year will be tinged with sadness some mourning the loss of those dear to them, and others missing friends and family members, distance for safety, when all they'd really want for Christmas is a simple hug or a squeeze of the hand. If you are among them, you are not alone. And let me assure you of my thoughts and prayers. She's so comforting. I can't get over it, right? I mean, it really is. I, I agree. Yeah. It's it's so good to hear her speak and there's just something so soothing about just her stoicism as a monarch. Mm-hmm. Nothing seems to affect her. There's not a lot of emotion, but the words that she speaks convey a lot of emotion, which is interesting. Yeah. And she also looks great. Like, I just feel like she's coming up on 95 in April. Like, I just feel it's like incredible. it's incredible. She looks so well and... I don't know. I just I loved her Angela Kelly purple dress, and she had a brooch that was the Queen Mother diamond and a Mother of Pearl shell was the sort of uh, makeup that was made in 1919, and it was apparently worn frequently by the Queen Mum, including on her hundredth birthday. The Queen Mum lived to 102, which is wild. Um, I, I have a feeling Elizabeth's going to do the same. I feel like she just I know. she's looks. I mean, long live the Queen. She looks incredible. She looks so. incredible. But yeah. yeah, it just was. It's just so comforting. Uh, also, I I really did enjoy the aspect of the speech. That that at the end, it it had the Lewisham and Greenwich NHS choir singing Joy to the World at St. George's Chapel. Singing does make me kind of COVID nervous <laughs> because I think it's the least safe thing to do no matter how I was 
surprised they were inside today yeah. I guess it's too cold to be outside but still yeah, they were I'm, COVID I'm tested you. or something yeah. but um but I loved that and that made me super teary but a fun fact is that uh did you know that Justin Bieber is also collaborating with the NHS choir he just that released a holiday very tune. interesting the Please? queen and Justin Bieber have this is the only connection I can think of on yes yeah. <laughs> cue it up it's actually really good the song is called holy so that was kind of a fun thing but what did you think of the speech did you oh you know we talked about it a little bit I liked it I thought there were a lot of and I know she did this last year too but a lot of biblical references which and a lot of parables like she talked about the good Samaritan and she talked about um baby Jesus and she often mentions you know kind of the Christian foundations of Christmas but I I thought it was more prominent this year and I kind of think it's maybe like a little bit of an insight into how she's been almost coping with COVID and leaning on religion a lot, which I think, you know, some of us have done um, or found other ways, you know, to kind of cope with everything that's going on. But that's definitely probably one of the most popular is kind of turning to uh, religion. And so she definitely does that and mentions it quite a few times. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, yeah, you know, it's very inclusive too. I, I yeah. definitely really like that. Oh yeah. That. And she mentions a lot of other religions too, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. No, I, I liked that. I also thought it was kind of cool how like multimedia savvy it was this year. We had like, I feel like everyone's <laughs> gotten pretty good at, at the technology. So we saw like, as she was speaking, we saw clips of, you know, Kate and Williams engagements and Sophie's engagements and even some photos from Hold Anything Still. other than a straight video. We're like, ooh. <laughs> Ooh, way to multi-media. go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Multimedia, which is like one of the most dated <laughs> words ever, but it really felt that way. So, But I thought it was a nice nod to Kate's project that she included hold still photos as well. I really liked that. The that one of nice. like the, the in the chapel with all the, you know, printed yeah. photos of the of the churchgoers and things like that. I, I just really liked that. And the PPE, healthcare workers in PPE, I thought was really – like mm-hmm. a lot of those I really recognized because Kate had highlighted them a lot as well. Yeah. So. One thing I did want to ask you because I only saw – I saw this on CNN, but have you heard of this like deep fake queen or like the – I guess Channel 4 every year since 1993 airs an alternative Christmas message immediately after the Queen's what? speech? I didn't know this was a thing at all, but apparently this year it was about fake news. So they had – they used technology and an actor and they like – dress someone exactly as the queen. I've heard of deep fakes. I know that that's like when you make someone look like someone else and it's really believable. Yeah, and that's it was like a it thing. looked so much like the queen. You can watch it on YouTube, but it's basically where instead of like the sort of very, you know, what we are, expect from the queen, it's like, well, this year was really difficult and Harry and oh Meghan chose the Canadians over us. And then the queen even learns a TikTok dance in this video. It's, no. It's <laughs> very weird, but maybe worth a watch i don't know I, uh, now i now i'm just curious now i definitely have to watch it so anyways oh my the yeah. queen on tiktok yeah uh, 2021 i have hopes for i know i know and <laughs> probably hold my breath <laughs> be hilarious uh but yeah she also gave a new year's uh message on on instagram which is unusual that's not something she typically does and she referenced her speech from april when COVID we first went into lockdown saying we should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure we will be with our friends again we will be with our families again and we will meet again so i those words always are you know i really they have a lot of meaning they're very they're really powerful i think yeah it's it's nice that she you know, nodded to the and the pictures she chose too were really nice. Yeah, the Tom Moore nighting and then that picture of her and Prince Philip looking at the homemade 
anniversary yeah, card, wasn't which it? Was yeah, which was a big moment. I love Which that. was really sweet, and More I think that that was, that was such a good selection. Yeah. All right, well, moving on. The royals spent Christmas in a variety of ways. So the first was this, you know, early on piece of news that we didn't quite get to cover in our Christmas episode, but it was that – the Cambridges and the Wessexes kind of broke a COVID rule when they united for this Christmas-themed woodland walk yeah, at it was Sandringham. Kind of controversial. Yeah, it really was. It was the front page news of a lot of papers over there. So the this Christmas-themed woodland walk, say that five times fast, <laughs> is called Luminate, and it looked actually really cool. Yeah, I it was like do it. it's like a lights show outside, and it, was, and it was it was outside. We have to say that. Uh, but there were nine of them: so William, Kate, George, Charlotte, Louis, and then Prince Edward, Sophie, Lady Louise Windsor, and James Viscount Severn. Nine people. They obviously you know, didn't, or I shouldn't say obviously, they, it was reported that they didn't plan to arrive together. They actually arrived separately and they weren't kind of supposed to be mingling, but they said because of the kids, it was really hard to keep their distance. And I, I feel like I, I agree with that. Like, I feel like Like, that, that aspect of it, I kind of can believe that they really weren't intentionally breaking a law, but like with, uh, with kids, like I can't keep Finn away from other kids. Like it's like right. they just all end up mingling together. It's like they just don't understand it. So well, and especially like their cousins. Like I feel like if they don't see their cousins that much, hardly ever this year, and then to see them and kind of, I know I'm I'm close with my cousins, and so I think that that would be so difficult to see them but not talk to them. I yeah, don't know. It's just, I think it just probably happened. But I but I do think it's not the best like example. But I think again, no. you don't you don't expect. I mean, it's like people are everywhere with cameras now so yeah it's unfortunate and the rule is six and there were definitely nine and six is including kids so they definitely broke that rule I mean it's just you know it's hard when people think there's separate rules for royals versus the public you know so um, but I did have to mention that Kate looked stylish all we saw was the back of her head but she's wearing a fedora and I thought that was like not Kate's style really that we see much of so I thought that was really fun I hope she breaks that out next year yes also we had a Megan and Harry sighting early on on December 20th in Beverly Hills they were casually strolling about they actually were leaving a large building that E! News says holds a lot of businesses including reportedly a medical spa so who knows what business they were going to but um, that's one of the it's a popular spa I guess I'm not sure the name of it Uh, but it it was funny to me because they were dressed for completely different climates. <laughs> Megan was wearing a fur-lined J. Crew parka, and Harry's dressed in a t-shirt. They're both wearing masks, which yeah. was good. I thought that was really great. And but it was so crazy. It's like this Cali girl in fifty degree weather is like, oh, gotta bundle up. And then it Harry's reminds like, me of my sister because doing? my sister's in the L.A. area too, and it's just so funny because she'll cut when she comes home to the East Coast, and it's like sixty-five, and she's like, oh my. God gosh, I need a wool sweater. Like, well, that's me because I'm a Florida girl. Yeah, right? So I'm like, anytime it dips below 60, my parents are like, we have to watch the weather report tonight. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, so they're, Harry and Megan are mind. settling in nicely to how, how it all works, right? They're, yep. they're back yep, to their definitely. California roots. And then one last thing from the Duchess of Cornwall. So she announced that she has a book club. The Duchess of Cornwall reading room was announced over the holidays. I'm getting, again, major influencer vibes from this move. I, I like think that this. A, it's a royal themed book club is so fun and something that, you know, Rachel and I kind of wanted to start with this podcast. But I, I think, you know, with 
in our spare time. <laughs> Camilla handling it. Yeah, that's Camilla's fine. got it we'll, covered. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll join hers. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so the mission is to discover new books and meet the extraordinary people who create them. She already has her first author interview down. So the first interview was with Charlie Maxey. The interview is about his book, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. And the illustrations in the book are amazing. It's I have the book. Touching. I, you do? Yeah. So I've been following that guy for years because my my close Instagram friend Julia Roberts <laughs> mentioned it a long course, time ago on her Instagram and I was like I was I loved the illustrations and sort of the messages behind it it's it's, it's really beautiful sweet. and actually you know I agree with that interview because during lockdown it was a book that I actually pulled out and have been reading a lot with Finn and it's it's beautiful it's really fun and he likes the animals so I want to get it for my niece I think mm-hmm. who's yeah about it's to be so too. cool she'll love it yeah yeah. So the first season of the book club, they say, starts January 15th is what is on the Instagram. So not not far off. For Next once, week. I'm already ahead on a book club. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. Gosh, I need to catch up already. Aww. And what about the rest of Christmas? What do you think how the royals spent it? I mean, I think it felt somewhat like, you know, they were all on their own, right? My favorite part of it, truly, I mean, whatever you feel about Charles and Camilla right now. I just I loved the Twas the Night Before Christmas <gasps> reading. I yes. thought that was such a delight. And I loved the actors they pulled together. They're like, you know, Shudi Gatwa from Sex Education, which Roberta oh and I love. God, like so I just good. love him. And uh Daniel Craig, who seemed to be I I love because he lives in Cobble Hill in Brooklyn. I feel like I sort of loved that he was maybe recording from home zooming. So I just kind of loved that he was the only one because everyone was in like had this gorgeous Christmas like set up majestic backdrop and he was just like on zoom but selfie (laughs) but it was an awesome awesome video and that was really fun I loved how they did that I watched it a couple times and I actually played it for my parents because I thought they would love it and it's it's so nice all the actors they pulled together are incredible it's like and it benefited uh the actors benevolent fund that's right that's right yes so that was good it was like tied to it but I feel like they were all right at their lonesome this year yeah I think so and I think you know Harry and Megan their second Christmas actually now away from Mm -hmm. the royal family. I think they, you know, we know they picked out their own tree. We know Megan has a knack for decorating the home. I'm sure that their home looks beautiful for Christmas. I'm assuming Doria was there with, you know, her grandchild. So I think that they probably enjoyed it. And, And Kate and William did the same. And, you know, besides that one outing, they pretty much... Stayed, Everyone, in, yeah, so. stayed in so just like all of us all of us um, yeah but a lot happened considering a it was, lot a lot you know, we're, we feel week. so relieved to have caught up now oh, I feel like it just it it like bothers Roberta and I when all this breaks and we're like where's the we have to wait till the new year to record about it and talk about it I know officially. we have to bite our tongue until yeah until then all right well before we adjourn the royal pod here are our highs and lows of the week it's time for the royal highs and lows Yeah, so my low just broke today, which is that the palace canceled all 2021 garden parties. So at, you know, that's just, uh, I feel like, so as we said, the lockdown, I mean, they're in lockdown until at least mid-February now in the the UK. So that's a really sad thing. I mean, the Buckingham Palace typically welcomes around 30,000 guests to there and also the Palace of Holyrood House in Edinburgh combined. So I feel like it's just... 
I don't know. That's a bummer. I feel like it also yeah. doesn't bode well for all events going forward. That's what like, I was going to say. Color, things right. like that. Like what will the that Diana all look- statue? The Diana statue is supposed to be unveiled in the summer, and these these garden parties are usually in the spring, right? Yeah. So spring, yeah. So summer, it's like yeah, I think kind of maybe I don't just know, the but spring, I guess yeah, yeah. I guess because it's so many people, it makes sense, and I think you know with vaccine rollouts taking quite a while, I think it's. You know, and th- I guess it could turn knows. around, but I it was a low for me. So yeah, definitely a low. Well, my low is that Prince Louis's nursery start date is delayed. Mm. So he's two and a half. He's actually supposed to start this month at nursery, but he's probably not going to start until the summer term, which actually is in April, the end of April. So he is thought to probably attend Wilcox Nursery School when he starts in the summer, which is near Kensington Palace. He could attend Westacre Montessori School where George went, and that's actually really close to Anmar Hall. It's a 20-minute drive. But this is a bummer. I feel like that photo of Charlotte for her first day of Wilcox Elementary School with the red coat and red shoes is like the cutest photo yeah. of Charlotte I've ever seen and we won't get that for Prince Louis at least right, not right now yeah. um, and Charlotte and George will be homeschooled as well so they're going to be until Thomas Battersea's opens up which they were supposed to return to this week as well so well my high of the week I'm a broken record is Bridgerton uh, I just can't get enough Roberta please prioritize it this week <laughs> please write us if I you're promise. watching it it's royal and jet promise is I'm holding a- up my pinky in the zoom okay good right is this is kind of a royal adjacent high but I just feel like it's such a good show and Roger Jean Page who plays the Duke of Hastings I just loved he did a little mini interview I don't even know where the interview the source of it but it was posted if you're um, a diehard Row Row fan on the Facebook page where he said if there he was asked if there's a member of the royal family he could kick it with he said for sure Prince Harry so maybe there's oh. like an Archwell audio collab coming up I mean nice. Harry make it happen but it was it's a total high watch the show you know I'm such a big fan of Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice, yes, this is, and I'm going to. I know that I'm going to freak out and love it. That's so you have why to, like, I'm delaying it, it because I'm like, right I now. know that it's going to be like full on. Like I'll finish it in a night. So I'm kind of just trying to like. It'll be Bridgerton obsessed, not royally obsessed anymore. It's so good. You will die. We're changing the name. Yeah, yeah. I cannot wait. <laughs> this is our new Ted Lasso of 2021. It is. All right. Well, my high ending on a high note: the Christmas card. So we didn't get a chance to see Megan and Harry's official Christmas card before we left for break and we have to give this so much breathing room because oh my gosh it is so cute the illustration so I guess they took a photo and then had it either converted through some kind of digital program or had an actual illustrator do it but it's Archie, his red hair, the playhouse is so cute. It was reportedly taken by Doria, Megan's mother, and it was debuted by Mayhew Animal Welfare Charity, which is one of Megan's patronages. We also got official confirmation of the Cambridge's Christmas card and the Wales's Christmas card. Uh, the Cambridge's was released after our episode, but someone pointed out that they were appropriately casual. That's why there was no, you know, clothing to be ID'd or anything like that, which kind of makes sense in COVID times. I think that was a really smart move for them to feel more relaxed and not about what they're wearing or, you know, spending money on a new outfit for the Christmas photo. I thought that was really thoughtful, but. The thing that could be ID'd was those cute little Penelope Chilvers <laughs> boots that Charlotte wore for a mommy and me matching moment, which was 
amazing because we know that Kate loves Penelope Chilvers. Yeah. So that was adorable. And they had ruffled blouses that matched under their sweaters, which was cute. Um, but what did you think of all those cards? I just loved it. I think it's just so unexpected to, you know, I was I was not expecting a card from Harry and Meghan. So it was a definite high. It was. And they're going to replant the tree, they said, that little tree that Archie helped decorate, which I thought was a really sweet thing to include in, in their note. Uh, but yeah. And to see Archie after so long, he's so big and has so much red hair, it seems so like. Much, yeah. Well, based so on the illustration, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah cute. exactly. All right. Well, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. You can follow us personally. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week. God God save save the the pod. pod. I almost said God save the queen. (laughs) Her majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.